Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. Nice hat there, Brad. Yeah, hey. We got a nice jersey. We got <clears throat> got a couple of winners this weekend, huh? Is this sacrilegious? Are we allowed to wear like, football <laughs> non-giant stuff, stuff on a baseball? I'm, oh, there you go. Like, I there you San go. Francisco yeah, baseball one. shirt on, clashing colors, orange and whatever blue they call this now. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's w- Giants had a great season, right? Yes. They won uh, the most games that they've ever won in San Francisco Giants history. They were in first place for most of the year. Unfortunate end to the season. But you would call that season a success overall. The The organization is moving in the right direction. Yeah, especially and, after the seasons we had before. Because you sure. have to put it in that kind of comparison, that kind of sure. line. How did it happen? So, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I think when it comes to football, the NFL in general seems to want everyone to sort of be about the same as far as the teams are concerned. Like the talent, it's it's good for the NFL if everybody sort of is nine and seven going into the last week so that they all have a shot to make the playoffs. And so for both of our teams to still be standing in round two of the playoffs with an opportunity to go to the NFC championship game, like that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I think it's a huge deal. Um, and and like you said too, they want them to be kind of uh, NFL wants you to be have this parity and everything else, but you still can completely blow your draft picks. Yes. So you could be the Miami Dolphins, where you're you you keep trying every year and you and you're almost there but you keep missing on draft picks and then you also miss on free agents. You go out and go, well, we're, let's get this guy. And then he doesn't perform and, and, you know, you just kind of take a dump and you keep doing it every year. Um, and that was kind of the Rams philosophy uh, the last four years or so. They kind of said, well, let's not miss on first round picks. Let's go ahead and get rid of them for true, well-known, already established talent that other guys don't want to pay or just, like Stafford wanted out of Detroit, was tired of it, uh, bad organization, uh, got drafted into a bad situation, but performed every year. And uh, now can you do that in baseball? I I know, um, you know, it's been talked about trading draft picks. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that going to be in the next CBA? Is that something we see in baseball? Uh, I would love to see it. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, because the thing with baseball versus football when it comes to first-round draft picks, a first-round draft pick in baseball may see the major leagues in about three years. Yeah, very few guys coming out of college are in the bigs You know, by the end of the year. I remember this this one's going to take people way back. You remember Todd Van Poppel? Oh, I was going to say, if you don't mention Van Poppel as a first-round bust, then where are we going with this? And, you know, the, I think that he was like very clear, like whoever drafted him had to bring him up to the big leagues fairly early. And for, for the giants, um, was it, I want to say it was Connor Gillespie had it in his contract as well, that he had to be brought up to the team in September. 
Yeah. Uh, like very soon after they drafted him. So I think it was, I think it was the first year uh, within the first year he had to be in sept- uh, up in September. So the giants brought him up and, uh, you know, came back around many years later and yes. did well for us. But yeah, I had the great, had the big hit in the wild card. Yeah. So I guess, you know, who would like to be able to trade draft picks? Well, if you turn the MLB draft into like a TV sport, that, that would make it a little bit more attractive to, you know, to, to viewers Though, because like what you said, there's no immediate return on investment and college baseball isn't as big of a deal as college basketball and college football. So you don't really have that reason to tune in. But that could be a reason to tune in is if you could trade draft picks. Um, The uh, so back back to the football thing, though, you know, it is it's kind of fun because we're huge Giants fans. We do this podcast we both grew up in the Bay area. I'm still here, but there, but there was a a little bit of a a zig to your zag when it came to football. And I think you've mentioned this before, but you know, just in case people don't, you know, didn't hear that or don't remember, how did you become a Rams fan living out here in the Bay area? You know, it, it wasn't one of those things that just kind of, um, it's, it's not something that like I had like an aha moment or anything else. Um, I think it was more, I was about 10 years old when, let's see, when, when was, uh, when was the Niners first Super Bowl? 80, 80, it would have been the season of 81. Uh, but actually January of 82 was the, the Super Bowl date. Right. And, and, and so I wasn't terribly into football. I was, uh, seven, eight years old. Wasn't huge into base or into football, loved baseball, loved the giants at that age. Um, Started kind of discovering the game of football. They were in the Super Bowl. We went to a Super Bowl party. Lived in Santa Clara, born and raised in Santa Clara. We went to a Super Bowl party. I still wasn't into it. Didn't interest me. Um, then a couple of years later, uh, I just discovered that I, for some reason, I didn't like latching onto a team that was already winning mm. now, that was mm-hmm. starting to kind of um, grow. Because I being a Giants fan in the early 80s, I was into the lovable losers, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, you're like the opposite of uh, Dallas Cowboys and New York Yankees fans. <laughs> yeah. Or not, not not people who were born there, but people who are sort of, you know, fell in love because they were America's team or the colors or whatever you heard. Yeah, about. no, no, this, this was more all of a sudden I discovered around 82, 83, probably. Um, Eric Dickerson had come into the league. I knew about him, heard mm-hmm. all the noise about him. And then I realized that Niner fans hated the Rams and the Rams were, you know, their rival and everything was kind of a big deal. And Dickerson was in the league. So I watched a Ram Niner game, probably in 83 Dickerson's rookie year. And I fell in love the uniforms, that blue and yellow um, Los Angeles flash, uh, just everything cool about the team. And the fact that the winners didn't like these guys, well, they weren't, that good in 83. I mean, the Rams, you know, they went to the Super Bowl in 79. I, yeah. I was young. I didn't know about that. Um, so it was more like, you know, here's the big boys, the Niners were, let's beat up on the little guys, our biggest rival. And I went, that's my team. That and then unfortunately for you and in your second fan, second year of being a fan, the Niners go 15 and one and like <laughs> run, the, <laughs> run the whole thing. But that probably, yeah makes you even a bigger Rams fan. Cause you're like, Oh yes. my gosh, the time that we beat these guys. Yeah. 
that that absolutely solidified it and and then what made it just the heated rivalry and i'm a rams fan forever was the late 80s uh the monday night football matchups uh montana to john taylor and those two touchdowns that one night heartbreaker i thought i still love my rams and then the 89 nfc championship game which i'm hoping we get a rematch of in about two weeks that would be really nice in la um so that i mean and and then from there it just grew and grew and grew and Um, you you got you got your comeback in in the uh the Kurt Warner era there because yeah. you guys continually spanked us. Yeah, and it, it was but, not nice. But it took the move to to St. Louis, you know, and and so when they moved to St. Louis in 95, I mean at that point I was just you know way into the Rams, super hardcore, still yeah. am. And uh and there was no way I was going to pick a different team. Um again, I'm not from LA, didn't live in LA, so there was no reason for me to pick another team. Yeah. Um, so followed St. Louis, got direct TV, Sunday ticket, uh 95. It was their first year of doing the Sunday ticket, and the first year the Rams were in St. Louis. So watching them play in Bush Stadium that first season, <laughs> the first half season, really, because yeah. then they moved into the dome. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the big archways and everything else. And that was the famous uh the famous same old sorry ass Rams game. <laughs> uh, they were five. I think the Rams were five and zero in ninety five, and then the Niners came into town and just decapitated us. Um, and, and I think um, wasn't uh, ninety five your Super Bowl year, right? Ninety four would have been the Super Bowl year. Oh, okay. 95. Right. The, the, the Niners were pretty darn good until the uh, early two thousands there, and then they kind of they kind of went through some tough times. So yeah. just you know, kind of put a pin on this and move on to some baseball chat here but uh good luck to the rams thank you i mean we're both underdogs this yes. weekend yeah you guys go into tampa to face the the, the tom brady buccaneers who the rams go- have beaten this year uh week three i mean uh, week three is not you, you guys beat them pretty like good that, too beat them pretty good and then beat them last year as well uh during the regular season um, I don't even know what, what I didn't look at the spreads, so I don't even know. I don't that. I don't know what the spread is oh, either. Okay. I just yeah, assumed. Yeah. I would um, think so. yeah. And then and then we're a bit we're you know a fairly decent sized underdog in in Green Bay. I think at, at least three points, maybe three and a half points. So yeah, you know the, the the we are neither of our teams are supposed to advance, but if we do, it'll make it even more fun. And then we rematch in the NFC title game. I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll be very happy for this podcast too. Because yeah. we'll, well, we we'll we said last week you have to do your part and win two games. We have to do our part and win yep. two games, and then we get that uh, third matchup of the year, which is always tricky. You never know. I will not be comfortable because the Rams <laughs> have gotten spanked six <laughs> times in a row now by the Niners. So it's gonna you know we'll be at home NFC Championship game, super amped up and crazy. I will still not be comfortable. Uh, okay so uh the video version of this podcast we are currently streaming on facebook our facebook page and also on twitter both you can find at thompson number two and then clark uh we had previously had a youtube page for the show it was really hard to get folks to subscribe because we weren't really adding too much content outside of the full podcast uh, I pushed it over to my Fight Game Media YouTube feed, which has closing in on 2,200 subscribers, but it's not a great fit. It's a MMA and boxing and pro wrestling channel. And I was trying to kind of 
put us in there because the of the playoffs and and we were doing some live streams and those live streams you know that there was there was some cool stuff going on there but we the, we weren't really picking up any traction so for now we are putting a, a hold on the archive of this show if you uh it, it'll technically be still on the facebook page facebook doesn't do a great archive but um, you know, we're just going to keep doing it in video because one, I, I like doing, doing it in video. I like being able to see and ch- chat with Brad that way, but it's just because we want to keep doing the reps for the possibility that there's another way down the road that we, we create the archive. But for now, you know, people who watch it on Facebook or, or Twitter, you know, the, the, the podcast version is definitely the one that is listened to the most. So that's the most important one for us, but, uh, doing video stuff is, is fun. So we'll keep doing it. Uh, just the archive will no longer be on YouTube, which actually saves me a step when it comes to producing this thing. Oh, there you go. Uh, okay, so let's get to the drinks here. What I, are we drinking? Well, I I went pretty plain and simple. I you know Rams played last night on Monday night, which was weird. That you know having a wild card game on a Monday night when everybody else has played, it was fun. But I wanted to relax yesterday because it was a day yeah. I didn't want to stress. Yeah. Plus, you had <laughs> you to know? work on Tuesday. Yeah, so I uh, worked from home today. But still, you know, so I had two beers last night. So I was, you know, which is for me right now is a lot. So I kind of took it easy today. I just poured an ounce and a half of some uh, wild turkey long branch, which is a very, very smooth bourbon. Uh, I just put one ice cube in it, um, kind of mellow out. Because tonight, you know, we want to stay awake. Uh, kids had visitors this weekend and everything. So tonight we're going to chill out. I think we're going to watch uh, Queer Eye. I don't know if you watch Queer Eye at all Mm-mm. at all on Netflix. Fantastic show. It's got a lot of feels to it. If you like shows with feels and you like to feel things, it's a fantastic show. We really like it. So. You know, you know, a show I watched today, which is Hulu exclusive, how I Met Your Father. We were just talking about that because Denise and I loved How I Met Your Mother. Which I've never seen before. Oh, God, that show is fantastic. Great show. Yeah, I feel like I have to go back and watch it. So I am a fan of Hillary Duff. Now, why? I, I mean, she was like a child actor like back <laughs> right? in the day when I... So it's not like this thing where I have this like giant crush on her. Like I don't even remember uh, knowing who she was. But the reason why I like her is because there's this show... Um, it's called Younger, and it was on TV Land for like seven seasons. And I kind of got into it because it's like a you know it's a twenty minute show, and it just goes quick. It's it's very fast, and she's in it. And I thought she was awesome in the show. I still I'm I'm only on like season four. There's like seven seasons, and so now I saw that she's on this show, and I was like, God, I enjoy her so much on this Younger <laughs> show. Now I want to watch How I Met Your Father, and it's it's totally fine. It's totally good, uh, cool. Very quick watch, makes sense, you know, funny enough. You know, it's not going to it's not going to, you know, make me bust out in laughter or anything, (laughs) but it's 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 smart, you know. So, yeah, uh, I watched that and I think I'm going to pick it up. But, you know, my wife and I, I mean, you guys are the same way, probably. But we have like this list of shows almost to the point of where we're like. There's a there's a show that we've been what what happened and then you go to the board the whiteboard is like oh yeah, yeah like this show we forgot about it for like three weeks because we were watching all these other shows yeah so the the TV like I never thought you know you and I growing up when we had uh, before cable you know we had like three or four channels and then oh, yeah. you know you get the twenty channels with the cable but 
Never would have imagined there was so much stuff to watch that we would actually not have enough time because we watched reruns when we were yes. kids because there was not enough new stuff to watch. But could you imagine? I don't even remember what the world was like. Okay, huge Cheers fan. That was yeah. my show. I, I didn't like to miss it. Uh, I had a VCR uh, that I would just record uh, Cheers, Seinfeld, whatever else was the NBC Thursday night. And can you? I can't even imagine. I can't even remember what it was like to like, Oh, I missed a whole season. That's fine. I'll go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, if you missed a season, you missed a season and that was the end. You yes. didn't go back and watch it. So you yeah. would hope that it would get syndicated <laughs> at some point and then yeah. you could watch it daily, but Sometimes they did, they weren't in order, and you, and no. you were just like, yeah. So it yeah, was yeah, because there was world. no like, you didn't have any idea that this is this one I'm watching right now is season three, episode twelve. Yeah, no idea. You just knew the name of it, maybe from the TV guide. Yeah, and that you, was yeah. It. You knew the summary. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something to have to do with Sam and Diane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're still so like right now we're working on the last OG, but the season is over. But it's like, yeah, it's okay. Have it on the DVR. Tracy and, Morgan uh, show. Oh, God. Fantastic show. That, that is one of the best shows we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Highly recommend. All right. So what am I drinking? So I kind of got to uh, give a little bit of a prelude here, which is I, um, I've been doing heart, uh, intermittent fasting. I've been doing it a, mm. a little bit more in a, in a disciplined way. I, I, I like doing it sometimes when I get away from it. Um, it's very easy for me to bounce back into it. So basically... I basically eat within a window of six hours and the other uh, 18 hours. I don't have anything except for either coffee or water or tea or maybe uh, maybe even some bone broth. So that's it otherwise. So just in those six hours you eat. And uh, I read this book called The Obesity Code, and it was just talking about how big of a, a deal insulin is when it comes to like balancing out, you know, your your weight and stuff and so he mentioned the writer i think his name is jason fong dr jason fong he mentioned doing a full 20 hour 24 hour fast frequently enough like could be weekly it could be every other week if you wanted to do more than one like totally fine it's actually you know he in his in his research and everything it's actually good for you it regulates your, your body so i've been trying to do one every week now for me it would be la i have my i have dinner at six or five let's say and then i don't eat until the next time at dinner and that that's kind of how, mm -hmm. how, how i do it and so then you know you usually have a meal to to break your fast of of that that time period so i did one yesterday because we went on a hike in the morning and then we we got some uh, there's this mexican place that we go to every time we go to 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 do the hike and then so we got it and and we we had some tacos now a little bit carby for me so i kind of chilled out for the rest of the day i think i had like a banana and some some almond butter and so at six o'clock was the last time i ate so i was like trying to do the math or it was probably about it was actually probably about 5 15 5 30 i was trying to do the math going like oh what's gonna break my fast is the drink that I have with Brad <laughs> oh, no. for the podcast. <laughs> so that's what I'm breaking my 24-hour fast is. It is a uh, the, the Terramana Añejo that we talked about. Now, I've never done this before, but 
uh, I heard a friend, my, my buddy, Ben Cruz, who, um, you know, I, I want to do more stuff with because he's a really talented podcaster as well as a podcast producer. Nice. Um, he chills his. So he puts his tequila in the freezer. And so I did a little bit of research and I was like reading up on it and like, you know, should you do it? And like a lot of tequila drinkers are like, no, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> it takes out this and it takes out that. And it's for yeah, people I can who see. don't like the taste of tequila. Yeah. Freezing can kind of dull some taste. I know with beer, if you put it in a chilled glass, that's bad if it's a hoppy beer because you yeah. really kill the hops. But so um, the so I tried it. And the reason I tried it is because. The man himself, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, drinks it that way. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, the guy whose name is on the yeah. tequila. You're putting so, it over ice, too. Yeah, I mean, true. It, you know. Yeah. So so, so uh, you, I put it in the freezer last night around, I don't know, it's probably about 10 o'clock. And it doesn't actually freeze. It just gets really cold. The bottle yeah. gets super frosty. And so I poured it over an ice cube. I put a little bit of uh, lemon juice in it. So that's what I'm having. And it is quite delicious. I mean, it, it 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 does dull the flavor a little bit, like you said, but it also makes it a. It just gives it a different, a whole different thing, right? Like it's just yeah. like when we drink bourbon, rock, no rock. It's a completely different flavor, um, and how you enjoy it is different. So I I I, I dig it. I don't know if I'll drink it like this every time, but uh, I dig it. So my añejo Terramana, Dwayne the Rock Johnson style, nice uh, is is very good. All right, yeah, we we do that with our vodka. We put our vodka bottles in the freezer. Um, <clears throat> then when you go to mix it with uh, uh, like a Zevia, so here's a really good drink. If you, I mean, I don't know how much sugar is in it, but they do make some like the like the low sugar ones. But there's yeah. uh, like the chocolate vodka, mm. but they also make them like gluten free, low sugar. So a chocolate vodka, frozen, and then of course it doesn't freeze because it's vodka. A shot of that in a black cherry cola um, or the black cherry Zevia. Oh, interesting. So, so it's like a bl- chocolate cherry cola. It's very good. Very good. Very dangerous. You can drink a lot of those. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit of baseball here. Um, the lockout. The The players and the owners had like one conversation. <laughs> And kind of like nothing came out of it from what I understand. Now, where are you at this point with the lockout, which is do you feel like there's a possibility that we miss any sort of spring training or season? Because I feel like the both sides that it's so doom and gloom. It's almost like they, you know, they want the fans or not, maybe not even purposely, but it's almost like the fans are going to start feeling that way pretty soon. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is all, you know, negotiating tactics where, you know, we're both going to sit in the corners and hold our breaths until one of us passes out. So that, I mean, that's kind of what's going on right now. I, I think, unfortunately, as we get to about a week before pitchers and catchers are supposed to report, which is not too long from now. It's probably about two weeks from now. Uh, we're going to get to that point. All of a sudden there's going to be a rush. There's going to be a, all right, you held your breath. We held our breath. Let's just do this. Nobody's going to pass out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think we are, I think, unfortunately uh, we might miss a little bit of spring training. Uh, I think worst case scenario and i'm going to bookmark this this is 23 minutes into the podcast on this date which is january 18th i'm bookmarking this 
I'm going to say we're going to hit about 150 games. And the reason mm. I'm bookmarking this and kind of come back to this is because if we end up missing half a season, I'm going to feel like an idiot. But yeah. um, I, I think we're going to get about 150 games. Uh, about 150 game season because I think they're going to, this is just my prediction. I don't have any information or anything else, but I think the way negotiations sometimes work, especially nowadays, it's just going to be a last minute thing. It's going, it's going to go right up to it and then just going to say, well, you're not budging. We're not budging. So let's just get in the room and let's start hashing this out. We waited as long as we could for somebody to break. Nobody's going to break. And and then that's, what's going to happen. I don't think that either, the owners or the players want to miss more than say 12 games in the season. Um, I, I really can't imagine. That's a lot of money. I mean, we talked about it last time. That is a ton of money. If you start missing, if you get down to like an 80 game season, that's a lot of money lost, especially after the 2020 season. Yeah, that that's the thing, right? Which is we all we heard about with the 60 game season was how teams are going to be losing so much money and left, you know, and just cry me a river because yeah. of of that. And and so now this, if they do, you know, because the pandemic was unforced, right? It was just right. something that happened was uncontrollable for baseball. This is very controllable. Nobody's going to feel sorry for them when they start talking that same stuff in this situation, either players or owners. Now, I always sit a little bit higher on the player side than I do the owner side. That's yeah. just the way I, I'm, I, I am with everything. But if you're the owners and you're crying about, you know, we're not making enough money because we have to miss some of the season. Like, I'm just like, dude, like that is completely your fault. You guys yeah. are being super greedy about stuff and you want to be in control and the players want to be in control too. But yeah. when, when it look, when you look at the asks, this is this is this is crazy because it is literally 2022 when it comes to sports. Yeah. The owners don't want to relinquish player control whereas in the NBA the in the NBA you ha, you know if you're a rookie you sign on for a three-year deal team option for for fourth year I I don't know if it's there might be a fifth year option too. But after that like the team can't do anything. And so Major League Baseball is like, we're going to control you for seven years, <laughs> right. you know, and, and, and you can't do anything. And so it, it's kind of frustrating because yeah. I would like to see more free agency, not because I want to see the, the money go sideways, just because it seems kind of wrong to have so much control over players' careers, especially if you get stuck in a bad organization. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I get it. But at the same time, it's like it's 2022, guys. Come on. Well, and, you know, you look at it, too. And, and let's go from a video gaming uh, perspective of what you just talked about, too. That makes MLB the show's player, you know, road to the show where you are a player. That makes that game unplayable almost because here you are. You've got to play six entire seasons of a player's career <laughs> before you become a free agent. Yeah. You play Madden. I've never got there, by the way. I've, yeah, I've, I, I've I never have, got to. <laughs> I did one time because I made Kenny Powers. I made a reliever. So after six seasons of getting stuck with the Rays, the, the Devil Rays at the time, I finally became a free agent and signed on with the Giants. Because that's and and it just happened that the Giants wanted me. It was between the Giants and the Reds. Then you play uh, Madden. You play four seasons. 
16 games, four seasons, then you're a free agent. You're free to walk. So, yeah, I mean, it just, just kind of seems silly to sit here and say, well, Major League Baseball, you're going to play six seasons. And I, and I get it because, well, like we just talked about earlier, when you're drafted in the first round of the MLB draft, you're not going to make it to the majors until three, four years in. Um, and then at that point, then you only have two years left before you can become a free agent and do whatever you want. Um, so, so a major league club only gets you, uh, you know, at the gate, the major league gate for two years, maybe one year sometimes. Um, but, but if they change that and they, and they make it lower, say four years, maybe you get guys to the majors a little bit earlier. Yes. Uh, they don't have to toil in the minors for so many years. I mean, look at uh, Joey Bart. Maybe he comes, maybe he gets traded because at that point, uh, last year, two years ago, well, we still have Buster Posey in front of you and you're going to be in a free agent in a year or two. Let's get you out of here and let's get somebody else in. And there uh, could, there could be more, more of an impetus to draft college players as well yeah instead of have to get them if you have to get them to the majors much more quickly yeah absolutely um yeah i I, you know i I don't know what they could do i don't know if it's like well you know if you are drafted and you are 21 years old then you know your contract is shorter if you're 18 years old then your contract is a little bit longer well i don't i I don't really care there could be an age i I like that that's a good idea let's send it to him (laughs) (laughs) all i know is the things that they always seem to be fighting for uh is to the detriment like whatever they get out of it it is always to the detriment of the fans and that is just bad business man yeah just bad business okay so I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about yeah. uh, as it pertained to trades. And uh, the, b- both of these came, you know, I I feel like we pump the athletic here often. It's just because it's my favorite. It's, it's like my favorite thing, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, what, what do I use on my phone? I use Twitter. I use Facebook. And I read the athletic like that. Yeah. <laughs> like those are those are my three favorite things. Well, it used to be ESPN. I mean, yeah. ESPN was like our go to back in the day. Well, now, you know, we have better stuff. So that that's what we do. We go to better stuff. And, you know, they, they give us talking points uh, about this show. So they didn't. There was an article. Grant Brisby, one of our favorites and someone who I actually know personally. And I, I want to say that when I was doing podcasts just to see if I could do podcasts and really nobody was going to listen because there was no distribution way back in the day, I had Steve Berman. He When he was known better as the Bay Area sports guy, uh, he had his own website and he was doing some some really fun stuff when it came to like, you know, content creation from the blog side. Uh, I interviewed him and then sweet so met at a game or two and i just always like to keep in contact with him because uh you know we kind of the he's he's like us right he's been following the giants forever uh and he knows his stuff about uh about history and he's a radio guy and he was covering like the radio stuff so uh really enjoyed his work and now he writes for the athletic he's on the a's beat so he and Grant did a little bit of a back and forth. And, and so the idea was, how could the Giants get one of the three ace pitchers that, that the A's have? Um, Bassett, Manea, and Montes. And so uh, Steve ranked the, the three as far as like how important they are to, to the A's. Like 
Bassett and Manea, they're they're still player control, so they're a little bit more valuable to the A's. And Montes is probably a little bit easier to get. And so Grant's whole thing was, how do I get one of these guys? So he looked at, um, I think he looked at trying to get Manea. So here was his trade offer, and I want to get your feedback because I think. I think even Grant admits that they they would be giving up a lot for Sean Manea. So his proposal, and and this is based on the the idea that the A's their framework for trades is usually get a uh, a major league ready prospect, a uh, a, a person with a sort of like a a high floor on the pitching side. And then there was a, a, like a toolsy deep miners prospect. Who's like nowhere near ready, but is, uh, is sort of high in the system. And so he offered Elio Ramos as the first player in this proposed deal for Sean Manea. And then he, and then he uh, offered Sean jelly, the probable, if the giants have, 10 starting pitchers this year. He's probably in the mix for the back five of guys who will start games for the Giants. Yeah, for sure. And then a deep, deep miners guy by the name of Grant McCray, toolsy guy. Uh, I don't I don't really know him all that well. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know, does that do it? And so Steve basically said that based on the value of the deal, it would get the Giants Sean Manea. Now, I will I will start looking up stats and stuff for for Manea uh, as you speak. But basically, I just wanted to know, you know, what what was your thoughts on one being Manea being the guy that Brisby wanted out of those three, and two the overall deal that Brisby offered. You know, um, so yeah, I, what I thought when I first saw those names go out there for Manea, I thought, yikes, that's, uh, that's a, that's a haul, man. Uh, Manea is a free agent after 2022. So after the season he's a free agent, um, supposed to be making about 10.2 million is his estimated, uh, salary in 2021. Uh, then he walks, and you lose a guy like Ramos. You lose Jelly. You lose McCray. Um, McCray, I looked him up. He's a, kind of a you know, uh, he's a, he's a tools guy, speed, a little bit of pop, um, good fielder in center field. Um, but I think they they said um, you know in the projections, he, he's more of a projections guy than a uh, you know than a prospect type of guy at this point. Um, I, I just I, obviously I wouldn't do a, a deal like that. I would not be happy as a Giants fan if if we gave up Ramos and Jelly and McCray for one year of Manea. Um, the Giants track record, like they talked about in the article too, the Giants track record is not to go out and get a guy like Manea, thirty yep. years old. Yep. Um, you know, like they mentioned, you know, Grant mentioned in there too. Um, um, actually, I think. Um, uh, Steve is the one who mentioned that Manea is more of a, you know, he can look like an ace one week and the next week he could look like a number four pitcher. I don't, the, the Giants aren't about taking a guy like that and making him a project. They're going to go out and spend money and say, here's, you know, 5 million for one year. We're going to turn your career around. We think we see something and uh, look at our track record with Alex Wood and uh, Gossman and everybody else, uh, Di Sclafani we've been able to take projects and kind of turn them around. The giants aren't about giving up 
prospects, uh, especially like an Elio Ramos, who's probably ready to come up, and Jelly, who's ready to come up as well. You got two mm-hmm. guys out of that that are that could make an impact on this roster this year. Uh, and we've talked a lot about uh, if the Giants don't have those guys this season, uh, Jelly and Ramos to kind of plug in and, and do the waiver or, or do the, uh, the options dance of, uh, you know, we need you in May for four games. And now we don't need you. We need you back here in June for 10 games. And you know, they have that flexibility with these types of guys who could be uh, on a major league roster next year. Um, so I think it's a lot to give up uh, for, for a one season guy. I don't do it. I just, I just wouldn't do it. So when I looked at the numbers, I think one specific thing looks attractive about Manea, and that is in uh, so his rookie year in 2016, he was 144 innings and 124 strikeouts. In two years later, 160 innings, only 108 strikeouts. So his strikeout to nine innings just dropped mm. like crazy. Um, and so then you looked at last year, and he, I mean, he's he's a one-to-one hits per innings pitched, uh, ERA 3.91, FIP 3.66, but his strikeouts to innings pitched jumped to 9.7. So that was pretty interesting, and I wonder if what teams see about him is that he is – you know, finally sort of like a mature guy and he needs some coaching to, you know, to take it to that next level. And, and that's, that's definitely possible, but I very much looked at this like you now, this, this is kind of what happens, which is we fall in love with our prospects, right? Like we, we've been waiting for Ramos to come up to the giants for the last two years. Like it's just been like, Oh, can't wait to see this guy play. So that's some of it. Jelly, I, I want to see what he does, but it's not like he's like this sexy, crazy hundred mile an hour strikeout pitcher. He's he's just he's going to eat innings and and hopefully he'll he'll you know he'll uh, he'll do some good stuff with placement and control and everything. Uh, but you know this could be also we just want to see our guys come up, and if we were to have this conversation, you know. At next year, and 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 Jelly's got like a five point two zero ERA, and it's <laughs> giving up bombs like he's William Van yeah. Landingham. Uh, then you know, then oh. we then we may change our opinion. But I, I completely agree with you here, uh, and I think that is way too much. And kind of wonder, I, I sort of wonder, like, could you pull out either Jelly or Ramos and still get the deal done? Yeah, by the end of the article, I guess Grant was looking at it a little bit more, and he said, how about Ramos for Manea straight up now that I'm looking at it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe you do that. I'm not not as, um, you know, tied to our prospects as I used to be back in the day. Back in the day, I was like, no, oh, my God, we traded who? And, you know, uh, nowadays – when I look at the Giants roster, I say, who can you afford? I mean, you can afford to give up Canario, right? So they mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's guys you can afford to give up. Can you afford to give up Ramos before you really see who he is? I don't think so. I don't think the Giants are in that um, are in that position where they could look at a Ramos and say, yeah, yeah, let's let him go somewhere else. Then he comes up and he, he and he's a 2020 guy every year. 
um, or a 30, 20 guy every year and, uh, you know, hits 280 or 275 with, with good defense. And you're like, man, we could have had that. So I, I, I still want to get a taste of somebody before I say, yeah, yeah, he's going to go. Um, but, uh, but jelly, I could part with McCray could, could absolutely part with not, not a problem. The, the lower, prospect guys with the you know with the high maybe high ceilings but uh, but you don't know they're still projection projects um those guys i will part with in a heartbeat let him go tear up the arizona fall league go for it uh but still look who we got in return was chris bryant and a shot to make it you know, to the world series, they got into the playoffs. They had a shot at the world series. That's what you play for every year. So I'm okay with that. Does Manea give you that shot? Does he put you over the top? I don't know. I don't think so at this point, really in his career. I'm, I'm not sure he does. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is going to be another hypothetical trade thing that's what we're doing today it's, it's all yeah. about trades and hypotheticals i like that um, what else do we have right now we don't have any baseball we don't have any we don't have any like real world situations to talk about so we got to go hypothetical <laughs> okay i told you specifically to not read the latest jim bowden article which I is all not. about uh it's all about his readers offering him trades and mm-hmm. and saying you know what what is uh you know what what do you think and so lots of these trades are are a lot of the same guys like Josh Hader from the Brewers. And this one features Josh Hader from the Brewers. Nice. And we know, you know, you know, Josh Hader. He's he's a stud reliever for the Brewers, left-hander. Yeah. Very valuable. Uh, doesn't really have to necessarily close to show his value as, as a reliever. And so this reader asked uh, Jim, and I will ask you, and I will see what you think. The Brewers would send us Josh Hader, and we would send the Brewers Joey Bart and Camilo Duvall. Now, I will look up Hader's uh, contract information for you because I know I did not prep you for this information. Uh, but just on, just off the top of your head, what do you think about that deal? Now, Josh Hader. Four and two, one point two three ERA with thirty four saves in uh, in in twenty twenty one. I'm going to spot track because that plays into it for me. I right. you know, you and I play a lot of out of the park baseball. Right? <laughs> if we're getting a guy in return, yes. somebody you know the the AI offers you a trade, Garrett. What's the first thing you do? Yes. You click on that guy and you go look at his current contract because I want to know. 100%. You know, yeah, I don't want to. You know, I'm giving up these guys and I'm getting what in return? Uh, you know, a guy that I've got for uh, the next two months. Um, he is, let's see, his salary in 2022, Josh Hader, is $8 million. Very doable for the type of guy he is. Yes. Uh, arbitration, his fourth year, last year of arbitration is 2023. So he's controllable. Yes. 2022-2023. Unrestricted free agent 2024. Uh, you said once again, Joey Bart and Camilo Duvall. Those are the two. That, those are the two. Okay. My, I think my biggest problem, I love Josh Hader. I think he would be super nasty in our bullpen. 
Uh, he would, I would imagine he would automatically become our closer. Yes. Uh, there would be no question. Well, then Ma- have- Mac Cheese might be out of a job if Josh Haters are closer. But, but that's okay because you've got a Mac Cheese, Tyler Rogers, lefty righty combo for the seventh, eighth, whatever you'd want to do with them. You've got that. Um, gives you more flexibility in the back end of the bullpen, which is what I think the Giants would really like to have at this point. Uh, I mean, as you, as you know, we were in the running um, for multiple closers at the trade deadline last season. Sure. And then, and then Camilo Duvall came along, not the experience that Josh Hader has. Um, and you could argue if we had Josh Hader instead of Camilo Duvall, maybe that game against the Dodgers goes a little, a little further. Maybe we're, maybe yeah. it goes to, you know, 12 innings, 13 innings, and you sort of figure it out then. Yeah, but but here's the thing. Josh Hader doesn't hit. We needed runs also in that yeah, game, too. True. So, I mean, you know, if we would have scored three or four runs, then then who knows? But I I guess my question here is, Buster Posey just retired, and we're trading Joey Bart. Who do we plug in and catcher? I mean, we've got Kirk Casale. Patrick Bailey's not ready to come up. Uh, you're kind of stuck now searching for a catcher to command your – Pitching staff, which the Giants are, I mean, Kirk Casale does a fantastic job, but he's not a 140 game catcher at this point yes. in his career. Um, so that is a really, really tough one. I'm going to decline that one. I'm going to say no because it leaves too big of a hole at the catching position. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And they would have to be pretty creative on mm-hmm. adding a catcher. And all of a sudden, Patrick Bailey would be the most <laughs> focused on prospect in the minor. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's not, I don't even think he's triple A ready yet. So, I mean, yeah. you're talking a couple of years away for Patrick Bailey. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't pull the trigger on that. One. Yeah. And, you know, there's another thing with, I don't know what you think about relievers in just in general. Now, hater, you know, well, we, we may be a Josh Hader hater here, but <laughs> the idea that uh, you trade for, you know, an everyday player for a guy you're go- who's only going to pitch, you know, 60 games maybe, and yeah. in that, you know, 60 innings, uh, and you're giving up, uh, you know, an everyday prospect, that that's a, that's a little bit of a hard one. And I think maybe... If you have one missing piece and you still had Buster Posey behind the plate, yeah, that would be something that would make a little bit more sense. But because you don't have Buster Posey, then it doesn't make as much sense to me, uh, especially only for a reliever. I think a starter, if you had an ace starter, that makes a little bit more sense because there's yeah. some risk, uh, but there's reward in, in a guy who's going to you know, throw – 30 some odd starts and pitch over 200 innings. Yeah. If Posey would have stuck around and maybe re upped a, like a two year deal instead of the one year option, uh, I do that in a heartbeat because I think Patrick Bailey in a couple of years probably ready to come up and, and you have time. Then you, then you have two years to kind of look around and find another uh, a catcher at that point. Josh Hader's K per nine, though, is very sexy. Yes, I mean, that's a, I, mean I mean, he's a stud. The guy yeah. is an absolute stud. Fifteen point six Ks per nine last season. That is that is really nice. That would be nice to have. But again, a, a huge hole behind the dish. I don't. Uh, that makes me nervous. 
okay, so next one. And then this is kind of this is going to be it for us. You know, we, we don't have to do long podcasts during the off season as much. And I don't know if uh, people want to listen to us talk a little bit more about football, but um, <laughs> I can play the ukulele. You know, one, one thing I didn't mention is uh, we are trying to get an interview here. Now we've talked about Steve Berman. I don't, I, you know, it, we are a giants podcast, but it, it would be interesting to have him on to talk about the A's. So that may be something yeah. in the works there. I don't, I don't know if the athletic, necessarily lets all their their folks go on smaller podcasts like ours but you know i i know steve a little bit i know people who know steve uh, even better than i know him so you know it's worth a shot the other but the other one is someone who uh, i interviewed last year for this podcast before we were even doing video is uh cambiar radio engineer darren chan and i reached out and we're going to try to make it work. If not next week, which is kind of the goal, you know, I think it'll happen in the future because Darren's awesome, but he's also got young kids and, <laughs> yeah. and he's dealing with that <laughs> stuff. So we're going to try and make it work. Uh, he is uh, very smart. He's got the same history as us. He's, I think he's a little bit older than me, so he goes even further back with KMBR than you and I do. So it, it'll be fun to have that conversation because he's an old school Giants fan, just like we are. Well, and then are we going? Are we going to pop the question to him next week? Not What's not ask question? him to not ask him to marry us, but ask him to join our mm. podcast fantasy baseball league. So far, we've got yeses from uh, the Giant Cocktail guys. Yep, who uh, we had on. Yep, the Bam. Oh, uh, my, my son. Your son is affiliated with that, so he's in. Uh, we got Ash Day, our friend of the awesome. fo- you know, our, Love our, Ash. Our, our way back friend. Of who, the who we're going to have to bring on soon enough yeah. anyways. Cause... He's with uh, Flyball to the Moon, a uh, baseball podcast. You can find that also on Apple Podcasts. You know who they interviewed? Hmm. Uh, the, um, the Giants, co- uh, the, ben- uh, the, oh, the coach. Um, right, Correa. No, no, no. Uh, was it? Is that who was it is? It? I thought it was Correa. Yeah. Um I'd have to go back and look. The who's the 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 Japanese um the cat the guy who was co- catching doing doing the bullpen stuff. Oh, right, right, right. Now I got to look it up. Yeah, you 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 look it up cuz um It's been a long weekend. But they they actually had an interview with him, which was really cool. So I was I was happy that uh, they were able to talk to him. But yeah, uh but yeah, that 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 <laughs> it's, it's so fun because I mean, it was your idea to create this uh, fantasy baseball league. Now, does that mean that we opt out of that hard as hell <laughs> NL only fantasy league? You know it 100% does because <laughs> I did not enjoy that league. It was a bit, I mean, it's a National League only league, and there yeah. were like, what, 13, 14 teams? <laughs> yeah, that was tough. So if you lost a second, we lost Corey Seeger at one point, shortstop. Yes. We spent a lot. And he didn't have a great year. He didn't have a great year, but we lost him for like two months. When you're playing a National League only league and you're and you lose a shortstop, how many times did we have? um, uh, Oh, oh, what's our beloved Giants? uh, One of our uh, Solano. Yeah, Solano. We had Solano for a while. And, had, Ty- and Tyro. We even had uh, Mauricio Dubon <laughs> in our lineup when he was in AAA because we you just had to fill your lineup. So, I mean, we had him, Vossler. How many times did <laughs> yes. I drop and pick up Vossler? Because you just needed a guy who might get you one at bat again. Yes. Not yes, fun. Yes, I did yes. not have a good time. This one will be insane because if we play like 16, if we have like only six teams, 
and we end up playing National League and American League, there's going to be guys who are uh, out there for you just to pick up who yeah, are tw- hitting 20 20, or 40 home tw- runs. Yeah, exactly. Val- very yeah. valuable players. It's going to be yeah. the complete opposite. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, yeah, but who, so, okay. So who else, who else has said yes? Uh, so those guys have said yes. Uh, that's it so far. So we have, uh, we're looking at about four or five teams. So we can, we'll, get we'll do some more reaching out there. There, there's yeah. a couple of, there's other people who are sort of in the, in the sphere of, of podcasting and stuff who, who will be able to grab. Um, okay. So, um, can we, uh, yeah. So let's, let's go to this last trade, okay. this last proposed trade yep. from Bob L. Whoever Bob L. is, Ooh. it's between the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Mm, interdivision trade doesn't happen very often. So he says the Giants trade Stephen Duggar, Sean Jelly, Gregory Santos, and Hunter Bishop. To the Diamondbacks for Cattell Marte and a slog of a contract, but a fan favorite, Madison Bumgarner. Mm. Madison Bumgarner is due sixty million dollars over the next three years. Yeah, just be just beware. I <laughs> you don't even have to throw in Bumgarner. You could just give me Cattell Marte, and I probably do that deal. Uh, the one guy in there, uh, give us our names again, just real quick. Yeah, it is uh, Duggar, mm-hmm. Jelly, Gregory Santos, and Hunter Bishop. Yeah, the one name that I'm a little apprehensive about because we just I just talked about it. I like to see what you've got. Uh, is Hunter Bishop. That one yeah. makes me a little nervous. Um, but Marte is such a ridiculous talent. He has had a lot of hamstring issues the past couple of seasons. Um, but, man, he can play outfield. He can play second. He can play third. Um, he can kind of play all over the place. I probably do that one. Uh, you don't even have to give us Bumgarner because my problem with well, Bumgarner, I think Bumgarner's actually what you have to take in order for them yeah, to give, yeah, because you need Marte. you have to take that contract, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. But if we're giving them all these p- prospects, you got to say you pay 50% of Bumgarner's contract. Mm, that's interesting, you know, because Marte's making, I just looked, Marte's making 10 million next year. Look, his, his oh, contract no, million this year, his contract is. Super manageable. It's oh, wow. eight, it's, it's eight, yeah. It's eight for twenty-two, ten for twenty-three, and twelve for twenty-four, and then he's unrestricted. That's beautiful. I mean, for that type of talent, twenty-eight years old, I, I do that, and yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You're, you're you're making us take Bumgarner. My problem with Bumgarner, I love the guy. Is 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 he going to be able to get together with this? coaching staff the pitching coaching staff bailey and his crew and be able to work with them because yeah we heard that story last year he struggled at the beginning of the season in arizona and finally he said i'm not going over pitching reports anymore before the yeah, game i'm going frustrated. out yeah i'm going out there and pitching how i know how to pitch and I, if i feel like i can get this guy out with this pitch that's what i'm throwing then he turned it around and had a great season um 
I just don't know uh, if the Giants are willing to say, hey, all these guys are going to follow what we're doing except Bumgarner. He can do whatever he wants. So that's a tough one. I say so, you do that and you just don't take Bumgarner. Okay, but that's the, the, they're not doing the deal if you can't okay, take Bumgarner. Well, then, uh, then we take him and release him. No, Okay, okay. So, 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 so let him. me yeah. give you a scenario. Okay. Okay. And you have to take the 100% of the contract, right? Is that kind of what's... That, that was how the deal was... Right. Uh, I'm negotiating. Okay. I'm trying to so, 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 ba- so here's what Bowden said. Bowden said, if I'm the Giants, I don't want Bumgarner's contract back, not even for sentimental reasons. He's due $60 million over three years. If I'm the Diamondbacks, I'm demanding Luciano and Ramos for Marte. So maybe the deal mm. is no Bumgarner, but a, a Ramos instead. I don't know if that gets it done. It's possible because you have Jelly in there as well. And and Bishop, it's literally like a five for friggin' one. But you have to put in Luciano. No, well, I mean, yeah, oh, according okay. to Bowden. But I'm just wondering mm. if you replace yeah. Ramos... Uh, if, or if you add Ramos and subtract Bumgarner, I wonder if it gets done. Okay, so let me, uh, yeah. I will give you a scenario of this where I think it could work. Okay. Which is, let's, okay, Gi- Giants give those four players, mm-hmm. and the kicker is that you have to take Bumgarner. So what you said makes a lot of sense is Bumgarner. He he may not be the most easily coachable guy because he he's very much a, a feel kind of pitcher, right? Um, I think he is so comfortable with this organization, just the Giants in general. He has a fan base rooting for him. It's not quite Lincecum, right? Because I think the fan, I think Lincecum could, you know, throw seventy seven miles an hour, and the and the fans <laughs> would be like, you know. Yeah. If he throws, if he figures out a knuckleball, you know, it's not quite that, but it's close, yeah. right? Bumgarner is so beloved. Yeah. The fans will give him a break. And look, you know, what what, what has um, uh, Farhan talked about, which is, you know, we're trying to fill 162 games. Bumgarner, I think, I don't know about three years, but I think, you know, for the next year, I think he could figure it out. The problem is, is that you're just on the hook for two more years after next year. He's not an old guy. Uh, I feel like he could be, maybe he's not worth 20 million a year, but I feel like he could eat innings. And that's kind of what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to get through a lot of innings. He could be serviceable for that. And by being serviceable, he gets paid like he's like maybe a B plus starting pitcher. Yeah, but you get Marte at the same time, and there some some of this is is in order to get a guy like Marte, you have to do some risk, right? You have to take, and you have to figure out how to how to work with Bumgarner. I would do it. Part of it is because I love Bumgarner too, but Marte is uh, you know he he's a dynamite kind of player. Now he got hurt last year, which is mm-hmm. some of it, before. right? Yeah, and the year before, and I, and he's had those hamstring issues for a long time. It keeps going, and, it, and the problem here is not that it's one hamstring; it goes from left to right. He has both hamstring issues, which which scares me. Yeah, but again, but what when he's on the field, man, he is ridiculous. Um, he he is. Uh, I personally like him uh, more of a talent than uh, I like his style of play more than Trey Turner. Personally, I I do. 
Um, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it is a risk. He's 28 years old. Then can you get him for, you know, two more years after that, you know, 28, 29, 30, and then he's a free agent. Can you, once he's in San Francisco, loves it there, uh, which everybody who comes to San Francisco loves it. Um, unless you're, um, uh, Oh, who was our catcher? AJ Pierzynski. <laughs> Pierzynski. Yeah. Unless you know you're Pierzynski. The feeling was a mutual guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We didn't like you. So that's fine. Uh, but, but, you know, other than that, everybody who comes there loves it and has a chance to stay. I mean, look, a hundred, hundred pants stayed around for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I say, because it's a hypothetical, let's go for it you're right i mean you bring up a great point we do need to eat innings and we yeah. talked about it i mean they keep talking about it it's not a five-man rotation this is a 162 game season we're looking to fill 162 games with or 150 if if if, if like you think. said we could right. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be 150 <laughs> well i will tell you we know how to stretch these conversations because i look up at the screen we hit an hour again i was just thinking like gosh can we get 35 minutes out of this oh podcast? god it's 35 we can ease. that's easy it's 35 jeez so I, I mean i was thinking are we gonna have to talk about like ncaa football coming to the ps5 oh, in 2023 no. like no. i was like what what else can we talk about so no. anyway you give, you give me one subject i'll get you an hour out of that. <laughs> there we go that's not a problem there we go <laughs> uh well let's end this back yeah. to the beginning rammies niners good luck to both teams let's do it let's get in that and that NFC Championship game, then we have yeah. more stuff to talk about. It's better for the podcast. Uh, oh, that'll be fun, man! You know what? If we're in an NFC Championship game, you'll see a Dickerson jersey up here, or <laughs> or, or one of my favorite jerseys that I own. I don't wear it a whole lot, but it's one of my favorites. Is my London Fletcher jersey? Wow! Yeah, remember London Fletcher? Great Giants or the uh, Rams have not had a, a middle linebacker that has been as tough and uh, sniffs out tackles like London Fletcher since he left. So pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we may, we may see uh, Aaron Donaldson tearing off helmets and uh, that's all right. Uh, whatever, uh, whatever you need to do to feed him. Mike, I Dre Greenlaw <laughs> suplexing guys. <laughs> Both teams are fired up, man. They may have yeah. to do some of that stuff to get it, but I, I'm ready for it. All right. Uh, Brad and I are done here. So for Brad, I'm double G. We'll see you next week. Hopefully we have some, we'll have Darren Chan. That'll be fun. See you yeah. when we see you. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>